Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. If you want to avoid your negative emotions like anger or fear, great, put your head in the sand, but you're probably not going to evolve and then you're going to be triggered by everything. The same thing over and over again. So often you see couples who will get jealous and then they either don't talk about it or maybe they just kind of lash out and say, I'm jealous. And then the other person's in trouble rather than like you're saying, giving them the opportunity, like I'm feeling a little jealous. I'm probably just not feeling seen by you. Maybe you could remind me how important I am to you. Compersion really is when practiced the opposite of jealousy. Partnership should not mean possession. Today, Chloe and I had a beautiful conversation about jealousy and compersion and really putting the ego aside for your partner's happiness, exploring unconditional love with understanding and support. I have been divorced for about seven years and Dating was like, you know, okay, not like a thing. I wasn't really looking for a relationship. I had really young kids. Um, I kind of replayed a lot of the same relationships even after I got Mm. divorced. And then I did a lot of deep shadow work and understood a lot of my childhood experiences and traumas and this, that, the other thing, and kind of reset myself and was like, okay, I'm kind of a different person because I've really dug and pulled out a lot of things. And the universe does it. I just happened to meet somebody who had actually been through a very similar program and is very different than I've ever been with. And we communicate about everything. We went into the relationship saying we wanted something deeper. We wanted something. Mm. We weren't going to settle for just whatever the stamp is that society has on what a relationship or marriage is. I didn't want that. And, you know, we actually think very much the same, but didn't know that. Um, So we are very honest with each other. We share thoughts, feelings. Um, We communicate about everything. I mean, we uncomfortable things too. Yeah. We're like, we're, we're, it's almost like you've opened a womb for like two days where mm. we're like sore and it feels heavy. I've never done that in a relationship before. And it's actually every time we go through these conversations and things that are tough to talk about instead of ignoring it, it's so confrontational, but, and we get like this, but then we actually get closer and yeah. stronger. And that is really, really like one of the most amazing things. I mean, we love and trust each other so much. Mm. And I'm just so grateful because he really leads. He leads actually the relationship in that way. He's the one who pushes me to communicate and do all of those things. So it's actually interesting because most people think it's women, but it's, he's the one it's, he's shown me a different type of man. I love that. That's so a man who's secure in himself enough to really want to do the work in a vulnerable, open place. Yes. I've never seen that before. 
Yeah. You see it a lot. You see it a lot in the like open community because you have to be. You have You're to be. like raw and yes. kind of like emotionally naked. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't understand that about open relationships and polyamory and all those other things is that, yeah, you do have to like ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and really communicate. Yeah. How does that work in your relationship with mm-hmm. your husband? How long have you guys been married again? So we've been married seven years. Okay. We just celebrated seven years and Happy anniversary. Thank you. I really want to go to two bunch palms, but Do it. it's amazing. I, yeah. I'm like, let's cancel the plans that we have because they're pretty basic <laughs> compared to that. Um, so the way it works for us, and I do want to say, I I just want to like back up a second. Mm -hmm. It's not that monogamous people or people in relationships that are committed and only have one partner can't be this vulnerable and can't be like naked and raw because they they can. So yeah, there's something to learn from it. mm -hmm. Absolutely. I just feel like in this community, it's almost like an inherent quality if you want to survive in it. And so my monogamous friends and and who end up sometimes being clients are like, I'm learning so much from your relationship. Never going to open mine, you know, because they're still, you know, the idea of like working through jealousy is just not something that they want to attack. Um, and they don't see it as something like that they should, mm-hmm. but because they see me and they're like, I would be so jealous. Um, How do you get through jealousy? It's, it's, you know, it's not something that I try to avoid. And I think that taking, avoiding an uncomfortable emotion, like off the table as like my MO was the first step in eliminating it. Cause it's never, it's never going to go away, but right. it's not in my daily life anymore. Not and at all. I, no. Has it gotten like where it was in the beginning, it was very much in your face and you were uncomfortable and then it lessened over time or how did yeah. that work? So, I mean, it's interesting. The we went so slow in the beginning and our experiences were like one-offs and then we would talk about it and an experience that, you know, like I talk about the accidental threesome in our very first episode. And it's like, of course, the next morning I was like, what does this mean? And, you know, unpacking all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. once I sort of felt what it was like in my body and decided that I would want to do it again. And it was so fun and exciting for me that it outweighed like the feelings that came up. That was like the answer that I needed. And jealousy has certainly come up like over the years. I mean, we've been together for like almost nine and we've done a lot of different things. We've explored open and poly and like monogamish and closing our relationship. Like when we weren't solid and like going to therapy and all the things that every couple goes through, but Mm -hmm. just in this different way. And I would say like jealousy isn't something that I strive to avoid because I always look at like, what is this trigger pointing me in the direction of any feeling that comes up no matter what? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to avoid your negative emotions, like anger or fear all day long, like great, put your head in the sand, but you're probably not going to evolve and then you're going right. to be triggered you're going to keep by everything the same thing over and over again. Yes. Right. Working you're going to through be- the emotions, working through the jealousy mm-hmm. and all the emotions where you didn't put it off at first, you didn't want to put it off the table. Yeah, because I'm a personal development junkie. So it's like anything that is going to inspire growth in my life, I'm almost like addicted to it. It's like air. It's like yeah. breathing air for me. It's like one of the reasons that I became a coach. I love people who one day have a limiting belief of this is how life is. This is how my life is going to be. This is the type of person I am. And then they can wake up the next day and feel expansive and feel like limitless of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I actually don't have to be limited by this. And I can experience something new and different. 
And doesn't mean you're going to like it. Doesn't mean you have to like stay in that realm. But once you like take the lid off the box, Mm -hmm. there's just so much to go through. And I feel like, you know, when you really dig into jealousy, it's, it's like normally there's nothing there. It's either society is telling you you should be jealous of this Mm -hmm. thing or you have an emotion, like a chord that was struck and jealousy might be the only thing that you have to like equate it to. Cause that's the only thing that you've seen, but right. maybe it doesn't bring up jealousy. Maybe it's like a moment that triggered you to feel like unworthy. Like someone else was chosen over you, like on a cheerleading right. squad right. or like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I have divorced parents. Like the idea of my dad having like you know, two other kids with his second wife. So this idea of like being, being not chosen, right. It's something that is, is a wound that like we've probably been dealing with for generations. And when it happens with like, even if you're monogamous, whatever, and you see your partner, like looking at another woman, maybe, or another man, and they like are desiring that. And you feel like, oh, they could leave me for that person. And that triggers a fear like so deep. And so like many generations back because of the idea of like having to be part of a community and especially like women weren't allowed to like work or own property. So like a man was your vehicle to have a life. You Mm -hmm. know, we've like, we forget that we've come a really long way. Yeah. It's not about getting the, who's going to get the cattle when, uh, when the family dies or the farm, it's like, that's yeah. It's like a survival (coughs) mechanism, survival mechanism to be like, um, you know, this person is my person. And if they don't focus on me 100%, I could lose my sense of security. Right. That's so interesting. It's so true. Yeah. We've like come so far from that. So I look at these things as like, oh, what is potentially in my DNA essentially that I could unpack? Right. You know? You have to really look at yourself Mm -hmm. and understand yourself and share it with your partner so they understand that too. Yeah. So that you can communicate when those things do come up and say, you know, I'm feeling a little jealous because of this and be secure in saying that to your partner. Yeah. It's not going to be a conflict or whatever. And they're like, okay. And then they can comfort you Mm -hmm. and have that conversation with you and being like, I love you though more than anything for all of these reasons. Look what we have that's just because I talk to somebody doesn't mean that our marriage is going out the window. Like, yeah, slow it down. Yeah. And everything you're saying too is like communicating your needs. So often right. you see couples who will get jealous and then they either don't talk about it or maybe they just kind of lash out and say, I'm jealous. And then the other person's in trouble rather than right. like you're saying, giving them the opportunity, like I'm feeling a little jealous. I'm probably just not feeling seen by you. You know, um, maybe you could remind me how important I am to you. Right. And, and being able to do that, I think continuously in the relationship, which is something I've never had, but the person I'm with now constantly. Mm. I mean, I've never had a man adore me and love me the way that he does and express it and show it in such a vulnerable way that is not normal in society, so to speak, mm. as men do because of the way that they're raised, whatever. But he shares with me all the time how much he loves and appreciates me. And I wouldn't, because people have asked me, like, what if he's like flirting with a girl? I'm like, I know it's, you know, he likes it. He's a guy. He's going to be like, you know, she thinks I'm hot, whatever. And it's like, good for him. Like, yeah, I, I know. He sh- even if he was flirting with somebody or even whatever, there's flirting going on. I know it's just like, that's all it is. Mm-hmm. And I know he loves me and he's not going to leave me for that. Like, it's, I don't care. Go have well, fun. 
It's, your ego. it's so great because when you are kind of allowed to be, and I just like, for the record, I want everybody to know, like, you're not in an open relationship and you're saying like, I'm okay. And I'm comfortable with this idea of sort of freedom of flirting. Right. Absolutely. Because flirting sort of reminds us of who we are. Right. It's sometimes like, people are like, I want to see if I still got it. It's yes. Like, yeah, it's like it, your baby. mojo. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Because if you're going to be with someone for 20 plus years, you think none of that stuff's going to come up yeah. individually? Mm-hmm. Have it. I mean, biologically, we are all wired to want to have flirtatious energy, newness, yes. uh, for people to reaffirm like the way that we view ourselves when we're like in our flow, like feeling sexy or desirable. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're only allowed to look at one person for your whole life, then you're also denying this like huge part of yourself just because Right. You know, and I'm I'm one of those people who's non-monogamous and I don't think it's for everybody. And I'm not saying like, this is the right. best way to have a relationship. Have the relationship you want, design it. Yes. But I love this idea that you're sharing of like, yep, we are together and we're committed to one another, but there is also this freedom to go be an independent person. That's so important, I yeah. think. I mean, that's something I've learned too from reading all of these different books and also from my own experiences. I don't want someone policing me. I don't want someone telling me I need to stay in this line for them to be happy. I ne- I didn't understand that mm-hmm. when I was married. I thought because I did something that you didn't want me to, it made you not happy. Like silly little things, like not even big things. That's not my responsibility. But we didn't know how to communicate. We had no clue how to communicate. So now it's like with the in the relationship I'm now, we are together very, very close. We have a deep, deep connection and things come up individually. We go through them, we work them individually, but we come back together, we share it. And sometimes we support each other in that Mm. and we get closer and closer. And it's like, you're still you. I don't have control of you. Like you're not under my control and my reign. Like that's not how this works and vice versa. Like we support each other and what they want to do and who they are individually. Like that's Mm. really, really important to me. And we don't judge each other on that. It's not about, oh, you can't go do this. You can't hang out with your friends. You can't, that doesn't work for me. So we kind of have, which is a weird concept because I didn't understand that this was a thing of designing your own relationship Mm -hmm. and how to make it work for you. Like, I don't understand that concept because I'm very traditional, but I'm also very open-minded. So for me, I'm like trying to figure out what works for me with somebody and we talk about it and it's just the best Thing I've ever had. I've never experienced love because you can still be an individual and in who you are and they're not trying to change you. Yes. That's the coolest thing. I love this. I'm so happy for you. I mean, this really, I can't, I want to meet this guy. Like, he's, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'll he's meet him really one great. day for sure. Yeah, you will. Um, but yeah, what you're, what you're speaking to designing your own relationship is something that I'm so passionate about, no matter what you want. Have you guys done that in your relationship from the beginning? Cause you said you went through open and polyamorous, like you have done mm-hmm. all of these things. That's really interesting to go through different shifts Yeah, and how you made your relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's all been pretty organic. This is such a good question, but it's, it's been a journey. It's, you know, it's, it started as an accident, you know, and then it was like, oh, well, like, what do you want to try? And for a while it was just like a lot of conversations about like, what would be fun? What turns you on? And seeing like, we had a lot of similar interests in the beginning. And then, you know, some of our relationship being open was almost born out of meeting our needs realistically, which, you know, actually I haven't talked about this too much, but, you know, when we first moved to LA, we were on completely different schedules. Like, you know, Pasha worked like all the time. Like our schedule was, he worked all the time. And I was like, 
you know, trying to do the actor thing when I first moved here. So I was like acting and I was like producing stuff and I was in a ton of classes and shows and plays. And, you know, I was up early in the morning and he was like working all night sometimes. So we weren't seeing each other a lot. And, Mm. you know, he, he talks about this pretty openly, but he was on Adderall for a long time. He was prescribed Adderall and his sex drive was like plummeted. And he also was not around. And so, so like when he is around, you're like, come give me something. He's like, all right, yeah, I'm do it. He's and like, like, well, what is going on? Is it me? Yeah. yeah. So like, luckily we had already started to like explore and experiment and we weren't open until I think I would say two years in. And it was this like, almost, he was like, you know, like you could like date other people. And I was like, huh? And he like he brought that up to you. Yeah. First? Yeah. To me wow. first, like, because at first it was just like threesomes. Like we, right. and I had like a really good girlfriend that we would like see often. And then like another one of my friends actually became kind of like, you know, a frequent like visitor of ours mm-hmm. that those were like amazing times. And it was like this incubating period of like this non-monogamy, this like monogamous In a safe space that self space, mm-hmm. it felt safe for you guys. Yeah. Like we were committed to each other. We weren't seeing other people. We were just like having these really fun experiences. And then like, Mm -hmm. we would go to a party here and there. But um, yeah, it was the first time where he was like, babe, like I'm never home. And when I am, I'm sleeping. And he was also like, you know, we were building a real estate business and building like a bunch of different businesses. And he's like, maybe you should like get on Tinder. And I was like, you're like, huh? I was like almost because still in my, this is in the stages where I still had a lot of shame. It was like a huge secret. I didn't want anybody to know that we were like even having these threesomes. I remember like the first time I came out to like some of my best friends and they were like, what? And I was like, I know, don't tell anybody. Wow. Because I was like, int- yeah. yeah, it was very, very much. Did anybody shame you for that or make it. you like, were like, how could you do that? Or were they kind of supportive or over time got more supportive? It was like a mix of no one like openly shamed me for it, but I had so many people that were like, you know, don't you think this is kind of dangerous or like, you know, like be careful what you are doing. And that, a lot of my friends were like so yeah. supportive and they were like, tell me more. Like, tell me how Give it me works. all the details. Yeah. I want to live vicariously through you. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Oh my God. You just made me think of a really funny story, like side tangent. So we, so we get on Tinder, I mean, separately. And this is still when I'm like very much in the closet about it. I don't want anybody to know. And, um, you know, the idea of like ethical non-monogamy, which means like everybody knows what's going on and you even share that with people that you might date didn't mm-hmm. really come into the fold. Um, and a neighbor of ours saw Pasha on Tinder and was like devastated. She was really, you know, like a good friend of ours. I got to talk to you. (laughs) She was like, went to like a friend of a friend and who was like, Pasha, I think is like cheating on Jessica. And like, I don't know what to do. And I saw him on Tinder and like, he matched with a friend of mine and she was like, so torn up about this. I feel so bad. So sorry, Danielle. Um, it's funny now, but you know, at the time I was like, oh my God, like, you know, we didn't really want people to find out, but I was like, let's just open this and see what happens. And like, you know, you're on Tinder, so you're kind of going to be found out. Yeah. And have a lot of single friends in LA anyway. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then she, uh, our friend came to us who kind of knew that we were like open and exploring. And he was just like, you should probably talk to Danielle because she thinks like that she's about to end your marriage. Cause she was like, I'm not going to not tell her. It was really, really sweet. Um, Yeah. But so back to what happened, me being on Tinder and then another app called Field, which is actually for people who want to explore being open. Mm -hmm. 
um, that is the first time that I like went out on my own and I started like going on dates with like other people and then other couples or individuals. So individuals. And then I, I did meet other couples, which is like super fun. Um, because I was like, oh, like I've, we've had other, you know, women, yeah, you got to play that it's role. It's really, really fun to like make someone's like whole, you know, it's that like every cool, couple's yeah. dream and yeah. you're like the gift. Yeah. That is kind of, cool. um, it, it's a really great, actually. Like if you know, if you're open to it, you should try it because you're like, you're literally like the best gift that they've ever had. Yeah. And then you could be like, all right, peace. Have, have fun. See yeah, you exactly. Come back to my life. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we got to a place of dating other people. And, you know, when you're doing these things together, for sure, it's a lot easier to not, well, everybody's different. I shouldn't say that, but for me, it was like, okay, I can see everything that's going on, which is a turn on for me when it's all like in the same space. But then the idea of opening up and like doing something different yeah, without the other one there right. was definitely a trigger for a little bit more jealousy, a little bit more growth. And that's when like we had to start creating like relationship agreements and boundaries and like testing the waters of what was comfortable. And like, wow. maybe we were doing something and then we had to pull back because it was like, okay, you know, I'm going on vacation and I'm like going to hook up with this girl. And then I was like, well, you know, there was, there was a lot of like, how does this like feel? Maybe you, yeah, so like, much more like, right. you know, I, I'm, I haven't been the most open, liberated, like everything's fine. Let's do everything. Yeah. You know, it was very much like, let's over assess and analyze every yeah. little thing, which I, sometimes was exhausting, but, but you have to, I feel, I feel like that's really important. Like yeah. you have to do that. Yeah. Otherwise you don't understand. Mm-hmm. The princess. Yeah. I'd be like, I probably, if in that situation would be like, you know what? You don't, no, no vacations. Yeah. Reel it back in. Cancel that flight. You could stay right here. Go get a room. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would be like, "Mm, that's not okay. But this is okay. Yeah. I feel comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. It would be a conversation. Yeah. I mean, the wind up for me was, I mean, luckily in in my open experience, like I found out that that was even more like of a desire piece for me, like knowing that there was like something amazing happening and like being kind of waiting for the, because Pasha and I tell each other everything. So it's like, you know, I've said this before. It's like your real live, like erotic audio. So you book share the experiences would, that you had individually. Yeah. Like he would come home and like, tell me about these things. And I would just be like dying. It was like, there's, there's no greater turn on for me. What mm. I found out something that I was a little bit scared to do. And yeah. like, you know, coming from such a place of like monogamy is the only way. And you know, the, the way I was raised, it was very much like, you know, jealousy. Like I'm from the East coast also. So we've talked, we talked about this on the phone. Oh, yeah. like, it's like, I grew very with like a very Italian area. Yes. Like it's very territorial. It's like, you're mm-hmm. my woman. That's it. Or yeah. Caveman, which is fine too. And I'm used to that. I want someone to kind of claim me, but like, I got you, but in also yeah. a very supportive way, not like you're in prison. Mm-hmm. Very different. Yeah. Partnership. I heard this the other day. Partnership should not mean possession. Like, I agree with that a hundred percent. I don't believe in that at all. Like mm-hmm. I I've had that experience in my own relationships where someone wanted to control my movements and put me in a box and keep me safe. And I think it was out of their own fears. Mm-hmm. Fine. But we never, we did not know how to communicate about that or share that. And the person couldn't do it. And I had no tools. Um, but in the relationship I'm in now, it's like, I, it's, we don't own each other. I don't yeah. control you. Like, I just don't believe in that. I feel like then you lose the freedom and you start, I just feel like you lose that connection. Like, mm-hmm. wait, I can't be this. I can't be who I am because also too, you change constantly. Like, again, if you're going to be with someone for 20 plus years, 
you're not the same person you were five years ago when you got married. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And I think a lot of fear comes up with people and they're like, wait, you're changing? No, 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 no. Don't go away. Okay. Stay in here. Stay right. in here. Be the person that I married. Be, be the person that I fell in love with. Right. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. I don't think that's realistic because we change and we grow. We're, we're, it's hopefully, just yeah. yeah, exactly. Hopefully you do mm-hmm. grow. You learn, you grow and it doesn't mean they're going to lose you or you're going to lose them. It's yeah. Ju- it's again, communication is really important. Yeah. And, and unconditional love. I feel like yes. we have so much unconditional love for other people in our lives. And we're, we're, we, you know, we see our kids or, you know, you have kids or your friends or, you know, different people in your life that you love so much. But I think in our society, the love between like romantic partners and like husband and wife or marriages and same-sex marriages, even it's, it becomes kind of limited. And you see that as a pattern where people want to, they fell in love with a person. This is the, this is what, this is what I was sold essentially. And then when someone starts to change, you notice, oh, that love was actually pretty conditional upon who you were, right? you know, when we were 27. And actually this has been, this is one of the things that Pasha and I actually have like gone to therapy for is the idea of that we grew into such different people than like when we met. I love that you therapy for that. That Oh yeah. So cool. And and I think- A lot of people don't do that. It's, it's therapy- PSA therapy will save your marriage. <laughs> and yes. like, we've never, we've never like gone to therapy for like the, you know, open things or the, you know, nomin- we've mm-hmm. like, we've talked about it with our therapist to give context of like, our relationship's pretty different. So like mm-hmm. we have these other people, but, um, it's more just like the communication piece, the unconditional love, like, you know, um, the idea of compersion, which is something that, you know, we were talking about is mm-hmm. like loving your partner and really being excited about what excites them and being happy in their happiness. It comes from a Sanskrit word, actually. Well, I don't know if it's like from that word, but there's another word called mudita. And it's like the first time I ever heard about like delighting in others' success, right? And so we have this term compersion to mean whatever makes you happy is then going to make me happy because of my unconditional love for you. And you're happy instead of being miserable. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that's a really like important thing. So with the compersion though, is it necessary? Cause I've done a little bit of like looking Mm into it a little bit, but it's not basically just on like an open relationship and romantic or flirting or sexual, like inner, you know, that kind of exchange. It's anything, correct? It's anything. Yeah. Which I think a lot, again, that's the fear of like not having the fear of, you know, I got this job. I want to do this, or I want to go and start rock climbing or doing something and traveling all over. And your partner's like, wait, so you're going to be traveling now and going out rock climbing for fun for you? Mm-hmm. What about me? Where it's like, yeah, no, go and do that. That's what's going to make you happy and come back, be a better person for me because you're happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't go anywhere. Stay here. Like that's yeah. not fair. I don't believe in that. Having a relationship based on conditions, love based on conditions. I don't believe in that because I feel like that's really hard. I personally haven't experienced that where if you don't do this, I'm not happy. If you did this, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. I, for, I really thought it was my fault that somebody was not happy. Mm. It had nothing to do with me yeah. and I had no clue. So now I'm like, no, I'm going to love you no matter what. And I think that's the thing in relationships too, is really, truly loving and understanding somebody because this is just anything could happen in any relationship. But say I'm with somebody for, and I'm married and they cheat on me. You can work through those things and understand that person where they come from. Don't just 
throw everything you have away. I don't believe mm. in that, but you have to be open and willing to do the work. And that's really confrontational. Yes. And a lot of people don't have that. So it's like, there's such a strength in that, that you guys have that too. Thank you. Yeah. I'm actually so glad that you brought it to that because I think that the idea, you know, we, we were talking about Esther Perel talks about this a lot. Yep. People throw away like these beautiful relationships over like one infidelity. So like mm-hmm. 25 years of a partnership and a family um, just because someone cheated. And that's like an incident that you can think about, but this happens all the time in relationships where somebody does one thing wrong and then like it cracks the foundation people think, but it really only, it's kind of like that trigger. It cracks like your idea of love, mm-hmm. um, which usually doesn't come from an unconditional place. It comes from right. a place of like, I need this to look like this in order for me to feel happy and right. whole mm-hmm. um, because people are like holding together kind of yeah. like their wounded places. Mm-hmm. But the idea that someone else doing anything <clears throat> like rock climbing trips or whatever could be the thing that makes them happy and it doesn't have anything to do with you is scary for people. And this right. will, will this will be a whole other episode actually. <laughs> so like this is the precursor to that episode. But I think that many people, they have the idea that they should meet all of their partner's needs. And so that's why that shows up. It's like, well, you should derive like your happiness and anything that you need, like from me, you should be seeking it from outside sources. Um, you know, I wrote this whole talk called your partner's not your superhero about this. And then, you know, the idea that you wanting to be all those things and needing to be all those things is so exhausting. And this is not just like sexually, like, you know, you asked me, it's like, let them get fulfillment with like their workout buddies or their career thing or their mastermind or whatever, even like their church or their community or their spirituality. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you come together and nurture the peace that's like your romantic connection. Right. You don't have to be each other's stimulation for everything. Every single thing. And it takes actually so much pressure off of the relationship that you're building and allows it to be free on its own thing because it has so much more breathing room. Right. You just be authentic, come from an organic place instead of being like, oh, I got to do this so that they feel happy. I got to do this. It's like, then it's not flowing the way it should. Mm. You're kind of putting these limits where it's like, if I don't do this, they're not going to be happy and vice versa. Yeah. And that, Cheers to that. That doesn't always work. Relationships <laughs> should flow. They should yes. be. I mean, and they're not, not always are, but like. No, they're not. When you but. strive for like effortlessness and like, you know, stop trying to push and control. so much and control. This is like right. the whole theme of this. Yes. Of this chat. I was just talking about this with um, the guy I'm, I'm dating. And that was one of the things it's like, you just flow. It just works because mm. we've gone into it and have had many, many conversations about it, about not controlling each other. And it makes us feel safe mm. because it's, it's just, it just is, and we can just be, and I love that. And it makes it feel safe for both of us because it's not like, well, if you don't do this, or if you do this, I'm not happy. I don't love you. I don't want to be with you. It's nothing to do with that at mm. all, but we also communicate. And we trust each other. And with that, you just start building a really, really strong foundation so that when something does come up and it does, and it will, cause that's a relationship. You're not like, I can't do this and throw everything away where it's like, it, it doesn't always work like that. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to. And I think a lot of people it's fear-based and they're scared to do that. And it's like, there's, there's somebody who's like, I'm willing to work on this. Like yeah. I want to with you and support you. And a lot of people don't do that. Cause they see it from a, you're growing stay. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like conversion is actually a really great thing. Like 
allow people to have their freedom to do what they want in knowing too, that they love you and communicate. And that build helps build a really strong foundation with each other. So when these things happen, you're not like, oh, he's leaving me because he's going rock climbing again. It sounds random, but it's like, you know what I mean? But it's like one of those things where it's like that you might connect that because of a, it might trigger something. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't share those things, you're, Mm. you know, how do you get through it? Yeah. I mean, compersion really is when practiced the opposite of jealousy. Mm-hmm. And I love that we keep talking about rock climbing because I think <laughs> like talking a about thing. hot springs and I know <laughs> and outdoor 20, stuff. What is it? Uh, 29 palms. No, uh, t- no. uh, two bunch palms. <laughs> One more time. Two bunch palms. Two bunch yeah. palms. Well, oh my gosh, Chloe, it's been so amazing to have you on. This was awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing like everything. I love like how open you are. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people can learn from it. I mean, I did reading all of Esther Pearl's book, it changed my perspective on a lot of things in relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think you're really doing something great for the world and for other people. Thank you so much. Ah, I can't wait to have you back. Yes, please. I'm so excited. Yay. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.